This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to a special edition. Welcome, everyone, to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm Craig Patterson, and I'm joined here today with Tyler Yang. Uh, thanks for having us, Craig. Tyler, he's co-founder of Loa Skin. You're also the head of brand and marketing. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the brand today uh, as it starts uh, uh, getting into retailers after being an um, online-only uh, brand uh, that uh, was developed how many years ago, Tyler? Yeah, uh, the first formulation was uh, five years ago um, in my co-founder Spencer's uh, parents' kitchen. So we had imported ingredients from you know around the world and started formulating uh, just to come up with a proof of concept. Um, and then in February 2018, uh, we incorporated and been scaling the business seriously since then. Oh, excellent. And tell me a little bit about the product. And um, uh, well, we've talked about how I got started, but yeah, tell me a little bit about the concoctions and, and uh, what makes the product unique. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're a one SKU business uh, as it stands currently uh, with a couple other products in development. Um, but our botanical beauty elixir, our hero product, as we like to call it, it's essentially an infusion of 15 different botanicals into one single bottle. So you have um, Things like calendula, goda cola, evening primrose oil, Canadian hemp seed oil, a bunch of different botanicals that we infuse into every single bottle. Mm -hmm. And it's great for folks that struggle with uh, inflammatory skin conditions. So things like acne, uh, eczema, um, and as well has some properties that are great for aging skin as well. So Basically, how we came up with our formula was uh, my co-founder, Spencer, he's a huge geek, loves to read medical studies for fun. Um, and so he came across uh, a finding in, in a few medical studies about omega-6 fatty acids and the use of them topically. Um, and what we found was that a lot of folks who struggle with acne and eczema in particular tended to have an omega-6 fatty acid deficiency mm. topically on their skin. And this was something we found that, you know, in, in the beauty industry as a whole, wasn't being talked about a lot, right? Um, folks were talking a little bit about linoleic and oleic acids. Those are the more like scientific names for omega-6 uh, and omega-9. Um, but ultimately, there wasn't any kind of indication about uh, the beneficial properties about uh, omega-6 fatty acids. So we essentially started formulating um, our formula to be super high in omega-6 fatty acid, which essentially um, counteracts a lot of the uh, side effects that you get from acne and eczema. Interesting. Holy cow. Um are there other companies out there that would have similar products? I'm just looking at sort of the, the competitive analysis around this. Uh, um, it, would this be something that'd be quite new in terms of the development of uh, uh, ingredients for skincare? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of uh, other facial oils on the market. Like it's, it's a fairly saturated category. Um, but with that being said, a lot of uh, the current brands are formulating based on kind of trending ingredients, right? So things, you know, um, I'm sure we can all remember argan oil or, or other different key ingredients that, that trended for a moment or uh, sometimes longer. Problem with, with that is, you know, as much as there is that demand from the consumer for a time period, um, we really wanted to focus on efficacy, right? So even if that demand wasn't there for an ingredient yet, we wanted to focus on having that the highest concentration of those omega-6 fatty acids. 
um, because we were able to back that up with the medical research that's been done um, on skin health. Um, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, there are a lot of other facial oils on the market, but they don't prioritize omega-6 fatty acids as kind of uh, a key ingredient or um, focus on trying to have the highest concentration uh, in their formulas. Yeah, isn't that interesting that some ingredients would be almost considered trendy and then they would kind of come and go? Because my thought would be, you want something that's going to like work, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like a huge reason for that is, you know, the marketing, right? There's a spotlight on, you know, either the origins of where that ingredient comes from and, um, you know, the story behind uh, farming techniques and different things like that. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, the ingredient still does have beneficial properties like argan oil, for example. Um, but one of the things is, is it does have a high concentration of omega-9 fatty acids as well. So uh, that, again, uh, in our research has been shown to be actually inflammatory in a lot of cases to, to skin, oh. right? So um, it's kind of like a balancing act when you're, you're formulating, right? As you're trying to extract or, you know, get these compounds that are extremely beneficial to the skin, uh, while at the same time reducing compounds that have been medically shown to be uh, a little sensitizing or uh, inflammatory to the skin. And most natural botanical ingredients uh, typically have a bit of both. Excellent. Let's talk a bit about the retail journey. Um, the brand started, I think, selling online. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, so five years ago, I started working uh, at Shopify, a Canadian e-commerce SaaS giant uh, now. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's where I really got my uh, foot in the door and, and learned, you know, the whole e-commerce game. Right. And, um, you know, basically as soon as I started at Shopify, you know, I got to experience the product. I got to help other uh, entrepreneurs, you know, build their stores. And I was like, okay, we, we need to be on this platform immediately. Right. Um, and so from there, we, we started to build our, our Shopify store, um, and our direct to consumer. And yeah, we've scaled up our like operations for D 2 C, uh, quite significantly. So we now offer things like subscriptions. We have a rewards program, um, we really, really try to make that uh, checkout experience as seamless as possible. We've even gone as far as customizing that checkout based on different kind of UI and UX changes that uh, we've researched um, in regards to like what's causing friction for the consumer as they're checking out on our online store as well. Mm. No, that's smart. Yeah, because you want to make it as easy for the consumer as possible to purchase your product. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. So um, and in terms of, um, you know, things like generating web traffic, uh, uh, how did you go about that? Because that can be a challenge for some brands to, you know, find ways to basically get in front of the consumer, especially with everything else that's out there, whether or not it's actual retail products or, you know, someone dancing on TikTok. <laughs> how do you get in front of the consumer when you're online? Absolutely. Um, so part of our at the beginning, to be totally frank, you know, it was a very um, word of mouth business. It was very referral based. So we had set up um, a referral incentive very early on in our business of, you know, uh, get $20, give $20 to, to a friend to share the product. That worked really well up to a certain extent. Um, and then that's where, you know, we weren't in a position to heavily, um, you know, subsidize ads and, and do paid traffic. Uh, so we actually doubled down on content, right? So 
really, really focused on um, just how can we create as much blog content as possible that's SEO optimized. And we started talking about things that, you know, a lot of skincare brands, again, like we're not talking about, right? We started talking about like weird ingredients like phenoziethanol, right? Um, And we realized that, you know, this is a very niche ingredient, but it was something that there was a lot of um, search traffic for people were um, searching for this ingredient because they were concerned about uh, whether or not there were any health concerns uh, topically to use it. So, and we did a very deep dive, right? Instead of doing kind of a fluffy 1000 word post, we would go deep into these 3000, 5000 word blog posts and just really dissect every piece of, of what people could potentially be wondering about a specific ingredient. Um, we oh. did the same with uh, palm oil, right? So one of the key ingredients uh, that's lead, leading to rainforest destruction currently. Um, and we just did a complete deep dive on the palm oil industry as a whole, how it's used in cosmetics, you know, um, where you may find it, all the alternative names it could be listed under as an ingredient. Um, so really focusing on the more geeky kind of nerdy side of, of, of skincare and the beauty industry as a whole, um, as opposed to uh, kind of the surface level, you know, DIY, like here's how you can make your own like at home mask, we really wanted to focus on education and, and bringing in that consumer who's really aware and conscious about what they're putting on their body, right? Who would be looking for a product like ours? Yeah, and I think that's seen success. You know, Desiem, I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, founded by the late Brandon Truax. He was very much about the ingredients. I think he was, was he an engineer or a chemist where, you know, he, he came in to the business Again, kind of like, uh, you know, what Spencer did uh, from a scientific perspective, as opposed to the uh, we are a big fancy fashion brand and we're starting a skincare line. <laughs> it's very much from it's the science behind it, which uh, uh, I would think would speak more to consumers. I mean, if you've got someone that designed, you know, a ball gown and then you've got someone that's a scientist that developed something for my skin, I'm probably going to treat, you know, hopefully trust the scientist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that the brands that design the clothing haven't partnered with experts, but uh, but really when you come down to the nitty gritty we want something that's going to you know actually be effective and and hopefully somehow proven yeah and i think you know to touch on that point it's definitely been like our product's definitely been a harder uh product to market right because there is more of an education process um but you know once we acquire that customer like the repeat purchase rate has been insane right people are coming back over and over and over again one of the reasons why we implemented the subscription system was just, you know, set it and forget it, right? Because, um, you know, it, it's become this staple product. This, this is why we call it kind of a hero product is it's kind of a product that you can use on your face. You can use it on your body and your hair is a deep conditioning treatment. Um, so it's something that folks, you know, will essentially bring with them everywhere they go. If they're on vacation, they'll use it, you know, in their daily routine at home. It's very, very versatile. Um, and so, yeah, that was part of the reason why we really wanted to double down on the education piece, um, ultimately, because our product does require a lot of explaining um, and education around it. Oh, that makes sense. Tell me a little bit about the subscription uh, part of things. How have you seen the uptake in terms of uh, uh, customers that come in, say, for a first time and then become that converted loyal customer and then actually sign up for that subscription. Tell me a little bit what you've seen in the last few years around that, because that's quite interesting. I subscribe to a few things, <laughs> too. 
Definitely. Um, I think, you know, it, it really helps you identify, you, you know, the most loyal niche above your customers very quickly. Um, so we typically, our kind of flow is we'll have, um, we'll, we'll acquire a customer for a one-time purchase. And so our product retails at, at 59. Um, and typically we'll push messaging to them at the two month mark after they've received their product. And we notice that's kind of the tipping point uh, for consumers to then consider, okay, I'm running a little bit low. You know, I don't want to run out of this product, right? I'm, I'm about a, a third or a fourth left down the bottle. Um, I want to ensure that I'm getting this every single month. And so uh, we push messaging at that two month mark um, and we really reduce pricing for that uh, consumer, uh, that, that kind of loyal consumer. So we actually sell it to them for a reduction of $10. So we sell them at 49. Wow. Uh, and this just really is that kind of tipping point for the consumer of being like, okay, like this is something I want all the time uh, consistently in my beauty routine. And so um, we'll push that subscription to them. And we typically see about a 60 to 70% um, subscription rate wow. from folks that have previously purchased. Um, and then sometimes we'll do further nurture campaigns into the kind of three, four month mark. Uh, but typically, if folks don't repurchase within that three month mark, we don't typically see them come back. But um, 60 to 70% is, is fantastic for us. And we've been really, really happy with that. That's huge. That that is so interesting to me because again, a lot of retailers that I speak to, you know, they they fight to keep a customer uh, given the competition and and having that conversion to a subscription model uh, that high is that's tremendous. I mean, way to go! <laughs> I'm impressed. It means that people like the product, and that's that's you know that's really good news. Holy cow! <laughs> so I'm learning about some of this myself. I, I'm subscribed to like Native Deodorant. It's this like you know. Yeah. healthy no 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 bad ingredients because i i'm clearly not even remotely close to being a scientist uh but it's supposed to be good and it actually kind of smells nice but and it, it actually works i can't believe it i didn't think it would but i've been ordering it like constantly <laughs> for like about a year and a half but uh, i i think it's interesting uh um concept the subscription model uh, is probably something we'll see more of certainly for for products that you know can be reused obviously and even fashion uh we, we've seen you know subscription boxes out there i think frank and oak might still be doing that uh i'd have to check but you can get certain uh, items and daryl who's on our team you know used to get accessories like ties and boutonnieres and um pocket squares and other stuff like this i forget the name of the company but it's 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 an interesting idea because once you've captured that consumer you're keeping them and you've kind of got them into a system after that so uh I think something we'll explore a little bit more, but uh, um, so you've obviously got the online distribution component. Uh, um, what do you think about in terms of the physical? You're looking at getting into some more, I think, stores, or tell me a little bit about that journey into the physical retail world, I guess, in, in a wholesale capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely wholesale has been a, a learning experience for us. You know, we had been reached out to by multiple distributors over the years uh, that we've been running and you know, we just didn't know what would be a good fit for our business. You know, should we continue to, uh, you know, pound the pavement and, and really make those phone calls ourselves and, and you know, sell our product uh, to retailers um, or should we partner with the distributor? Ultimately, we did find a, a really good fit with um, Sitka Naturals. So they're our exclusive distributor for Canada. And, you know, uh, Sitka has only taken on about uh, three beauty brands. And so they have a very kind of 
bespoke um, approach to distribution as opposed to having you know a catalog of a hundred different products. Um, so working with them has been fantastic in the sense that you know we've created this really seamless onboarding experience where they're able to do the reach out with the retailer. We kind of build you know a target list of, of different retailers we'd love to chat with. Um, and then, you know, Sitka then hands it off to us. We do, you know, an onboarding call. We do a presentation. We train their staff. We, uh, so it's like very hands-on to ensure that that education isn't, uh, or sorry, is translating uh, at the store level, right? Because, you know, we have a lot of this content living online, but when the consumer is standing there at, at the store shelf, right, it's ultimately that sales associate that's going to be the tipping point, Right. Um, hmm. that, that in the packaging, which we try to include as much of that educational information on the packaging itself, um, as well as kind of, uh, physical, um, like flyers and different things that, that talk through the product further. But, hmm. uh, yeah, no, it's been great. We've been able, uh, to scale up to, uh, about 60 retailers in, in Canada, and we're looking to continue to scale that momentum. Um, our current retailers have ranged from, you know, boutiques to, um, kind of service type, uh, spas, right? So, um, we've partnered, for example, with Fig Face here in Vancouver, and they've been a great partner for us because, uh, they've incorporated our product into their treatments itself, right? Because it's, it's very wow. soothing, very calming. Um, and so they use that in a couple facials. And it's just really been great, um, as kind of this, product that can be recommended to um, a lot of consumers that that are from a variety of different skin types, right? So again, you know, folks that struggle with acne and eczema, um, you know, an older demographic that's concerned with aging skin, but also applicable to anyone, you know, um, that is just looking for like intense hydration in their routine as well. So yeah, we've been really happy with our, our retail partnerships. Excellent. Excellent. And you brought up something interesting too around, you know, the sales employee would sort of be that sales point. Uh, we're seeing a lot of brands going direct to consumer with stores. I mean, this isn't something I think you'd be there quite yet because you have, you know, one product type, but I think you're saying there might be some more products you're thinking of down the pipeline. Is there anything you can share with us so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are actually looking to uh, introduce a, a facial massage tool um, at the end of this quarter. So uh, I think this is the first time I'm talking about it. <laughs> but, oh. uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great because it's a very complimentary product um, to, to our uh, oil, right? Because um, a lot of consumers are getting into fascia release, right? So uh, in the kind of anti-aging, deep puffing kind of topics uh, within the beauty industry, a lot of people are using these gua sha facial tools. So we're designing one uh, using uh, black obsidian stones to have that really nice luxe feel. And uh, we're basically working with um, someone to do a, a bunch of different tutorials on facial massages. So the different points to trigger, how to release, you know, the fascia uh, in your, you know, forehead, cheeks, uh, jaw. Um, and it's actually staggering, like, you know, I've been using it probably for uh, a few weeks now. And just to see the difference, uh, once you release different muscles in your face and, um, the amount of kind of like water retention we keep in our face as well is, is, uh, interesting as well. So it's, it's a really great tool. 
and, and used in conjunction with our oil, you're able to really like glide the tool across your face fantastically. I'm going to have to try this. I'm just curious. Yeah. Now. <laughs> You're selling this really well. And this, for anyone listening, this is not a paid advertisement. I swear it's, <laughs> I'll send you one. this is really interesting. Yay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I find this stuff interesting. I'm getting, I'm getting older and then Lord knows I'm getting puffier. So <laughs> this sounds like it's right up my alley. Got anything for hair loss? No, but I, <laughs> no, I mean, that, that sounds excellent. And, uh, um, you know, as you, as you develop, uh, you know, more products, I guess the retail distribution continues type of thing uh, uh, in terms of, you know, whether or not eventually you get a concession at a department store or any sort of blue sky uh, ideas of what you might, you know, look to in the future with, with uh, Lois skin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the pinnacle for, you know, a lot of, you know, the indie beauty brands like, like us is to be able to work with, you know, a department store one day or to be able to, of course, get into Sephora or Ulta, you know, those are like the pinnacles of, of beauty. Um, but, you know, we've been able to really like scale our business and have that kind of consistent revenue from a lot of great, you know, small to medium partners, right? So I think um, we want to continue to do that until um, those, those opportunities come up um, as well. You know, we've got a, a few other products uh, in the pipeline um, coming. I can't talk too much about them right now, but, uh, you know, we've really focused on trying to have a very minimal approach to skincare. So instead of, uh, you know, overloading the consumer with three, five, seven, sometimes 10 step skincare routines, we're really focusing on those cr crucial multi-use, multi-purpose products that uh, can eliminate the number of products that consumers need to uh, decide between, right? And um, focusing again on that high repeat purchase rate. So yeah, I think um, definitely uh, bigger retailers would be fantastic to, to explore soon. No, absolutely. No. And in terms of overall growth, not obviously not giving away sales numbers, but um, how did you see over the five years? Was there sort of a, you know, percentage growth type of uh, scenario that you saw um, over time? Uh, as far as far as you remember? <laughs> what, what did you see? Like things obviously were, you know, with any everyone, it's going to be slow to start, but then things do increase with time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've definitely seen a like year over year, about a 70 to 80% growth in our business. Um, we've only been in business for about two and a half years now, but uh, yeah, we've been really happy with that. We're a small scrappy team. It's my co-founder and I, we have um, uh, someone doing social media marketing, influencer marketing and press. So it's a team of four of us. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to scale up you know, paid advertising as well now. So I think that is typically that, that thing that tips a lot of these D2C brands over the edge, right? Is now we're expanding our reach like beyond what we can control organically. Um, so I'll be interested to see like what that does to our business. Yeah. Do you think what would happen if a venture capitalist or someone came in and says, we want to invest in your company for, you know, have you th even thought about that yet? Or is it too soon? Yeah, I mean... I think we've we've identified um, you know the the tasks or uh, kind of strategies which we can duplicate over and over to generate more growth in our business. So we would definitely be open um, to investment at this this point in our, our business. And we've actually applied for several grants and 
gotten a couple and that's really helped take our take our business to the next level but um yeah i think the paid piece is is huge right i think at the end of the day all these indie beauty brands and direct to consumer businesses it's it's a pay to play game right so the more money you could throw at ads and and use it in a very um scientific way and you know test you know hundreds of different creatives against each other um is what makes or breaks you know d2c brands these days Oh, it's so fascinating. And we're seeing a lot of uh, people becoming entrepreneurs now for various reasons, whether or not they've lost their jobs or they've just decided to do something new. Um, what would you say to, you know, a new entrepreneur, young or old, because we're seeing all age ranges doing this now uh, that are starting out? Uh, any words of advice uh, after you've, you know, over the past five years developed your own brand? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, by all means, I'm no expert. I'm not in a place to to speak, you know, authoritatively on entrepreneurship as a whole. But I think the biggest thing for anyone starting is, you know, it's a it's a difficult ride, but it's you know, pick something worthwhile, a, um, and b, just identify and and realize that like everything you're going to be able to figure out, right? Like just take those bite sized pieces and realize you don't need to have the answer. You're going to feel that sense of imposter syndrome every step of the way, you know, especially when you're uh, talking with a big retailer or, you know, um, talking with investors or, you know, any kind of opportunity that comes up that stretches you beyond what you've done before, you're going to feel like, hey, I don't belong here. Um, but just know that you can figure it out, right? Like the internet is just a plethora of, of information, right? Videos and, and articles and every, you can, we've learned everything from the internet, right? Including mm -hmm. everything we know about ingredients and formulas, right? Like NCBI and all these um, databases of medical research are extremely useful and they're all at our fingertips. Um, so yeah, I would just say to um, budding entrepreneurs, people getting started is just know that like, everything's figure outable, like take it one step at a time. Well, thank you so much, Tyler Yang. You're the uh, um, co-founder uh, and uh, head of marketing and branding at Loa Skin. Uh, for anyone that's uh, interested in uh, learning more about the brand, we'll have links in the uh, bio to this podcast here and uh, we'll have an article up on Retail Insider as well. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Craig. <laughs> take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. And that's a wrap for today's exclusive podcast interview. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and we'd appreciate it if you left a review with your podcast provider to help others find us too. And just a gentle reminder, we do have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to that goes out every weekday morning and it has a link to the Canadian news from around the web that we've curated from the previous day as well as links to our recently published articles exclusive to Retail Insider. If you go to our website, retail-insider.com, you can find the subscribe area towards the bottom of our main page and then you can get that email into your inbox every morning. Thank you everyone for listening and until next time.